porcelain worshippers and lamppost leaners. Don your darkest sunshades. Beg the universe for a cool light breeze upon your fevered brow. And just swallow a raw egg in a glass of beer. You'll be fine. Because, because it's, are you talking tall to me? Are you talking tall to me? You, you talk tall. You talk. You talk tall to me last night. You don't even remember. No. No, Dude, I would talk remember so talking tall, tall to you. You talk so much tall. I would remember. It's important to me. Welcome back. I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A regret-stained stagger through the late-night text messages of prog rock in which never again Nick and open a pack of ibuprofen omen will, even though our heads feel like bags full of chisels and we might rather be in bed with a hot water bottle, listen to and talk about every single track that fresh as a daisy rock band Jethro Tull has ever produced. We will comfort the goose and groggy Martin Barr and perhaps turn down his speaker a bit. We will hold out a bucket for David Don Damage Peg, and we will order a breakfast sandwich, extra hot sauce, and a Diet Coke for Jerry Goldubois Conway. And through the haze of dimly remembered poor choices, we may see a mirage of a figure. Is it the cobwebs in our brains? No! It is Ian Anderson, the fur-tongued flute fellow, bringing us a cold, sparkling water. I'm just going to lay down here and die for a few minutes. I hope that's, you don't mind. That's okay. I'll 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 work around you. I'll get Marley yeah. to, to move your body. Perfect. Welcome, Nick. Hello. Omen, welcome back. Welcome back. We are boots deep in the bonus tracks. That we are. We are one, two, three. We are four in with one, two, three to go. Oh, really? We are smack in the middle of bonus tracks. Like a month left for you. And we couldn't be more excited about it. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. No, I am thrilled because this is one of those more and more rare instances where this is a new song for you, Omen. You've not heard the song Overhang before, have you? That is correct. Yeah, this is an exciting chance to get some some new tall, some vintage tall that's been wrapped in plastic on the shelf for years for me. Given the album that these mm-hmm. this bonus track has stemmed from, the the synthy masterpiece that is Broadsword and the Beast, and, and the Beast, and the Beast, don't forget the Beast, yes. and the three bonus tracks that we've listened to thus far: Jacqueline, Mayhem, Maybe, and and Too Many Too. Yes, what are you expecting with Overhang? Well. I I did read the lyrics, so so content-wise, I sort of have a good handle on it. Musically, wow, it's really hard to know what to expect. Right. I, I, would, I would imagine something based on the content, perhaps a little bit grungy, maybe okay. a little like maybe a little thumpy, something that's that has a bit of a a, a loud feeling to it. Are you thinking those feelings while still in the sound of broadsword or is this are you thinking maybe a throwback to stormwatch or a little bit of i just it's hard to know i mean i could see this as being really really synth heavy Mm -hmm. i could also see this as having as having more of a traditional sound to it i'm really excited to find out and i do 
If I was a betting man, I would bet that there's going to be some kind of a swung rhythm in it. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, let's let's just do it. Let's just listen to this song. And this song is, Nick. Oh, the song itself is Overhang. Overhang. Over, overhang. Let's have a listen. Nick. Omen, how does that fit in with your hopes and dreams and desires? It it blasts them all right out of the water. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not that. And I I feel like it's Christmas freaking morning. That That is such a glorious, unexpected present to open up and listen to. Wow. I struggle to think of what... What I... What would inspire me to think of that for a Tull song? I don't think I would ever expect that out of a Tull song. I am confused about why this isn't a more popular song. It's really like, good. This is a sick, sick piece of rock and roll. It's it's super funky. I think it's probably because it's it's not terribly tall e, not terribly tall esque. It's funny. Yeah, it's interesting. It has a lot of elements that are very traditionally tall, but it is it's sort of their one song glam rock era. A lo- it's it's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy. They're coming for you, Metallica. In a couple of years, you, you yeah. watch yourself. And honestly, if if you just had the exact same instrumentation and and the singer singing it up an octave, oh, it would sure. literally be any hairband. It that could be a poison song. There are a couple of things that are like, well, okay, you know, there are a couple of parts in it where it goes into that more proggy. Yep. There's some changes where it's like, okay, that's not quite you know what the kind of standard stuff of that time was, but like other than that, up the octave. Literally, it could be it could be poison. White screaming, snake, screaming snake, screaming white snake. <laughs> yeah, that's that's super valid. Scorpions. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, rat with two T's. Yeah. How now? I did it again last night. Not quite the lyrics, but you know what I mean. You get the idea. <laughs> it's, I think you were thinking, "Oops, I did it again." Right? Is that? What Oops. I did it again last night. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for the Jethro Tull Britney Spears collaboration. Coming soon to a fever dream near you. It's got to be a stage musical or something. Some like. Oh, it's a Vegas act. A a residency at Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Let's break this song down musically. Overhang. Okay. Well, we start with some super funky bass. Really, perhaps the most forward bass of Tull. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Bubum. Bubum. It's so cool. I love that riff. And Jerry's right there with with the drums and the cymbal too. That he's he's right there. He keeps that the whole way through. But they start out just those two like really funky bits, and then we get that mad crescendo of synth in the back. Yes, that long slide up. Mm -hmm. 
now we're starting to really get into the territory where it's like, ah, yes, you could only do this on a synth. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You couldn't do that with a piano. Mm -hmm. And this, the synth in this works for me. I know I've been very nitpicky of the synth on this album, but, but it really works for me on this one. You do have a synth sensitivity. I do. And, and, and I can see, you know, and everyone, everyone has their own responses to things and sounds, but I can see why this is maybe more palatable for you because it is more, it's more atmospheric. It's being played like a different kind of an instrument almost. It's, it's a really different approach to, to the synth. I, it's a, it's just a sensitivity. It's not an allergy. I can listen to music where there's synth in the room. I just, yeah. it can't be the main ingredient. You can't yeah. fry it in synth. That's yeah. all. And you have to remember your, you have to remember your, your synth toast pills. Yeah. And I, you know what? If, 10 minutes before. If I mess up, I'll, I'll pay for it in, in the long run, but sometimes it's worth it. A little synth as a treat is okay. Yeah. Yeah. In moderation. In moderation. We have some glorious flute trills in here. I mean, this is, like you said, this is very heavy. Mm-hmm. This is very, like, they are playing rock and roll. It is rock music. Yeah, Martin's guitar comes in super solid, super great the whole time. It's very strong. I mean, the whole thing has this sort of sense of this this thumping, screaming rhythm to it even even once you get into the melody and you have that underneath that you have yeah it's almost industrial sounding rock almost it's angry it's it's uh it's it's intense or it's the pounding in your head well there's that as well yes i think that i wrote that down actually that the the bass thumps do mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, obviously we'll talk more about this later, but if you I think the key is in the title, if you yeah take apart overhang and reverse those two elements, you get hangover, yeah, which is, um, you know, ultimately I think what the theme of this is about. Yeah. And I totally agree. The bass is like that, that, that migraine feeling like headache that you just get that you can't get rid of all day. And it just keeps flaring up when you can literally hear and feel the the blood pumping in your head. And you wish yeah. it would stop. Yes. In, in any way, whether it's hydration or dying, I just want it to stop. I just, yeah. It doesn't matter. As grungy and dirty and thumpy and industrial as it is, there's a there's an, an ever-flowing structure in this that I think we were missing in Too Many Too. I think this one is, is really like it's it's got a purpose and it's chugging along. Yes. And there is the prog element in this song really clearly. Mm. And I, part of the reason I enjoyed listening to this song so much and the reason I will enjoy listening to it again, as soon as we're done recording is that it has that kind of like straightforward, heavy rock and roll feeling to it that lulls you into us into a sense of like, Oh yeah, it's just a straightforward rock song. And then when you get to, for instance, do I seem to remember now two creatures about eight feet tall? the music shifts and it goes into a different, a different sphere, a different, a different feeling, a different rhythm, a different mode of musicality. All the, all the dynamics change. And then it goes back to that heavy sound. And then it yeah. comes back again to the, that kind of softer, more introspective sound. And I feel like that's, that's the key for me of saying like, 
ah, no, this really is a prog rock band. Mm -hmm. Just doing some glam, heavy rock moments. So those you would classify as bridges, I'm assuming? I I don't know. Yeah, I guess musically they'd be a little bit of a bridge or or a, a bit of a detour. Yeah. At least some logs over a river. Right. It's it's a bumpy ride, but you got to you got to get over it, so. Yeah. Yeah. It could be actually a reverse bridge. Have you ever seen one of those? Can't say that I have. It's <laughs> a reverse Is bridge it just a where... hole? Is that a hole in the floor? Is that what a reverse <laughs> bridge is? No, that's where that's where you divide the lake or the river and you and you put a structure that has walls on either side to keep out the water and it sort of just goes like right through the lake and you have the water up on either side. Oh, like it's sunken almost? Yeah, yeah, a sunken bridge. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's it's an, it's an interesting architectural technique. That that it is. <laughs> that inspires fear. <laughs> and confuses the hell out of the fish as well. Oh sure. Who put this wall here? Who put this wall here? What did the fish say when he went into the drip? What did the fish say when he swam into the brick wall? Damn. Damn. <laughs> the flute is very rock in this, and yeah. I appreciate it. It's. I feel like this is a really fun piece because Ian has picked up the level of skill with the flute to be able to play things like classical music. And we're almost at that, you know, this next phase of Tull where Ian really is getting into the classical performance and things like that. But And we're kind of on the the, the verge of that. But this is going back feeling-wise to the Aqualung era when it was just, mm. you know, the pure pure emotion coming through the flute. And this is a great combination of that pure, you know, rock and passion combined with this incredible s- skill level. Right, yeah. It's not that 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 classical fluid feel. It's more percussive almost, but it, it really it really hammers at home. It sure does. Yeah. Hammers at home like a little... Hammer man working on an anvil in your head. <laughs> little hammer man. You know, a little, a little cobbler. A little blacksmith? A blacksmith. A blacksmith. There you go. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, that, that's my neighbor. He's a cooper. That's my neighbor. He's a baker. What are you? Oh, I'm, I'm a hammer man. <laughs> what, what, what's your name? Oh, I just go by my initials. MC. MC Hammer? I got, yeah? I got no, it. No, you got it. I got it was it. a stretch, though. Nick, anything else to say about the music on this fabulous song? No, no, it is. Uh, it's a rocker and it's a roller, and uh, I think we should take a little breaky poo and then dive into content. Let's take a break. Oh, Nick, hello. Hey, Omen. Oof. Uh, Boy, what a what a song that is. Yeah, rough one. Gotta gotta yeah. just take a quick uh, break here. Yeah, I think I'm gonna actually go for some coffee. I'll yeah, I'll come along. Yeah, okay, let's let's go. Let's go to Starbucks. So the other day, you remember what we, which song we talked about last week? Nick, that was a whole week ago. I'm not gonna lie. Let me let me see if I can remember. It was. Um, give me a hint. I've mentioned it twice already in this. That doesn't <laughs> help me. It was too many two. It was too, too many, many two. two. Yes, yeah. I remember that one. So distinctly. the day after we recorded that episode, we're sitting at the, the, the supper table eating. Rook looks up out of nowhere and says, can there ever be too many twos? 
And I, my jaw dropped. Ray had no idea the correlation that I had made of like what this could be. I know Rook's never heard the song before. So I was just kind of sitting there in, in shock. I don't know. He might be in the grand tradition of Jethro Tull listenership. He might be sneaking into your vinyl at night. He might be, yeah. <laughs> Listening under the bed under the bedclothes. Is, is not on vinyl, I don't think. We'll get him a little MP3 player, just put all the Tull on there. But anyway, I, I, I explained my shock to Raven, and then we, we asked him, like, Where, where's this question coming from? And he's like, oh, 2022. So he's just thinking about the year and how many twos there are in the year. Wow, funny. <laughs> but he said, can there ever be too many twos? Well, I guess that just shows that it is a, it is a wordplay that is fundamental to the, the experience of English speakers. Yeah. The, the relationship between two and two. Homonyms are wonderful to work with. They really are. Thank you for finally accepting homonyms in the workplace. <laughs> Yes, we accept we accept all in the workplace here. Okay, wow, that was a very quick latte. I'm feeling energized. I had a matcha shot. Right in the arm. I didn't know they right? did injections. Oh, yeah. It's Starbucks, but it's great. They clean the needles. It does look green. Nick, anything else to talk about on this little break? I'm good. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I can We should probably get back to the studio. Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah. I left the studio oven on. <laughs> We weren't even using it. Why did you turn it on in the first place? Oh, actually, I may have actually left the oven on all day today. That's great. In real life. I had better go check. Yes. Nick, welcome back. It is now the second portion of our show here. Podcast part two. The the podcasting. Here we are for the content portion of Overhang. Yes, the lyric... They're lyrical licks, as we like to say. Mm, I don't. I don't like to say that. <laughs> so, Nick, we, we mentioned it previously, but the song is called Overhang. Correct. And it seems to be a reference to a hangover. Correct. It seems to be. Have you ever had a hangover, Nick McGill? Not, not often, because I don't drink that much. Sure. I don't drink the quantities or the frequency to have a hangover in my in my earlier days i have had one or two do you have any memorable ones no one does not stick out from the other i'm, I'm assuming you have a memorable hangover i well geez do you want them alphabetically <laughs> thing is i mean the hangovers themselves are not particularly memorable except in their awfulness the the things that led up to the hangovers are a bit more memorable right for instance, actually, this is a small anecdote which connects to, to the two of us in this podcast, in fact. Oh. When I went to London for the first time, I'm sure I've told you the story. Probably. I went out. I was meeting all these uh, all these new people on this Shakespeare program in London. They were all Americans. We're all living in the same building. And a bunch of us decided to go out to a pub. I had two pints of Hogarten, a beer which I have never again touched. <laughs> and then we came back to the flats. And my new roommate mixed me three large tumblers of gin and tonic, which oh. I don't think had any tonic in them. <laughs> I finished off the night with some wine and champagne on the penthouse rooftop. And my memory from that night is of, is of doing somersaults down a hallway. But what the pro- – and then, and then I had, you know, what is one of the top three worst hangovers of my entire life the next day. I mean, I was absolutely ruined. I was <laughs> – I was death warmed over. 
you really like spanned the gamut of types of alcohol there. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And the reason I knew it had been a crazy night is because for the next couple of weeks, I would introduce myself to people that I was meeting on this program. I would say, oh, hello, yes, my name is Omen. And they would say, oh, we know. <laughs> we've met you and we've seen your tattoo. Uh, oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> which was the new tattoo that you and I had just gotten together, mm-hmm. which is not in a easily accessible place on my skin. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mine's on my ankle. It's not that bad. I would never show my ankles no matter how drunk I got. (laughs) Knee-high socks all the way. All that to say that the content of this song resonates with me in a way that is deep and perhaps a little uncomfortable. But I think think that story is actually really pertinent here because it's, yes... Our narrator is saying, been out on the overhang, I'm out on the overhang. But we're also getting the story of the evening that caused the overhang here. Yes, or we're getting some of the clues at least. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting the pieces together of what did or could have happened. Good morning, gentlemen. Why the uneasy frowns? (laughs) Too much everything, and I can't recall. Did I let you down? No one will answer me. Makes me feel that I want to die. I mean, already there. You know, one of the effects of, and hopefully, Nick, you have been lucky enough to avoid this phenomenon, but one of the effects of overindulging in alcohol, because it is a poison, Mm -hmm. is the loss of memory. Blackout drunk, yeah. Yes, being blackout, yes. And so whenever one achieves or attains that level of inebriation, there's always that question of like, well, I don't really know what you know, I don't know what, I don't know what I did. Yeah. That's a scary thought. I checked out for three hours, but my body was still doing things. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. It's not a good feeling. No. It's like being a sonambulist. Sonambulanist. But you at least feel rested at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I love, I love the line too much. Everything. Very funny. I can't recall that I let you down. He's like, he's talking to the people who drew the penises on his head in Sharpie the next morning. Or whose bed he, you know, threw up in. Oh, sure. Yeah. I had a roommate in college who drank all the time. Okay. And very regularly would just, would just pee in his closet. Wow. Assuming that was the, the bathroom, I assume, I guess, because the bathroom was under 10 feet away from the the bedroom door. Thank God he he was my sweet mate, not my roommate. But yeah, he was uh, a hot mess. Should have put a five-gallon bucket in that closet. I know. That's a good point. I love the phrase too much everything because there's a double meaning of I drank too much of everything last night. Correct. Yep. Too much of everything I can't recall. There are too many memories that, you know, that I, that I don't have access to. And in my current state, 
everything is too much. <laughs> I didn't think about that one. That's really good. Yes, everything, even your uneasy frowns, is it's just too much. You're, you have to squint. Well, and that and that really is. I mean, the the condition of being hungover, which is really one of the worst feelings that is that I have experienced ever, over and over again, is everything is bad. Even things that you know logically are good feel and seem bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And medically a hangover is your body is getting rid of the literal toxins in your, in your, your blood and the fact that alcohol dehydrates you. That's ultimately mm-hmm. where the headache comes from is, is that your brain is like a little desert. <laughs> a sad little desert. A sad little desert. Yeah. Makes me feel that I want to die and my mind is inclined to lie. I mean, that covers it. Yeah. You know, you just want it to be over and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. It's funny. There are all these um, kind of old wives tales or traditional cures for hangovers. Right. Hair of the dog. Yeah. Which is where a Bloody Mary comes in, you know, or mimosa sometimes. Do you know the whole phrase? Hair of the dog? The hair of the dog that bit you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, you want a small quantity of the poison that inflicted this state upon you. Yeah, makes no sense at all. But maybe, maybe it just it. If you're if you're teetering still on the edge of drunkenness, just that little bit will push you over, and then you won't suffer nearly as much. Maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a raw egg. One time, somebody did strongly suggest that I break an egg into a beer and drink it. Oh, not in a beer. I know, I know, like like greasy diner food, a burger, sure. you know, like anything fatty, greasy. I, I've heard should should help. Uh, cold shower, black coffee, right? Yeah. A traditional method for curing a hangover is to grind up amber and drink it. That can't be good. That's something that Cleopatra did. Yeah, and look at what where she ended up. Dead. Dead. So then we get into the kind of the mystery slash detective section of it <laughs> yes. my hotel room was a battleground how did i find my way my wallet's gone and my jacket's torn my memory is a hazy gray my hotel room was a battleground how did i find my way my wallet's gone and my jacket's torn my memory is a hazy gray you know I hate that I relate to this so much, but I can, I can think of examples of times when I, you know, have woken up and been like, oh, my pants are ripped. Oh, that thing happened. Oh, God. Raven and I were at a place just yesterday with a bunch of hipsters all over the place. And one of one table near us was telling a story. And I heard a girl say that somebody took mushrooms and fell asleep by the fire pit. And woke up wearing somebody else's pants. <laughs> Whoa. That's it. That's that's wow. all the, the story that I heard. A different twist than you expected. Yeah. But still, like waking up in someone else's pants being like, I have no idea where these pants came from. I don't know yeah. whose they are, why I'm wearing them. But something happened last night. I've lost my cell phone a number of times when I was in my early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a classic, classic act. Yeah. But yeah. All of this, you relating to it so much, how how much do you think this is like an Ian autobiographical or or him like trying out a new a new theme, a new tack in some songs? Like what do you think here? We don't get anything else like this, so it's clearly one of those like one off like I'm gonna try this maybe. 
It's hard to tell. The thing that I will say is that what makes it so difficult to tell is that Ian is such a good writer. Yes. And a good writer, what did Emily Dickinson say? I have never seen the sea, which was true. She'd never saw the ocean. And then she, and then the rest of the poem is describing in the most hmm. sensuous and like accurate detail, the ocean. Yeah. So it's possible, let's say possible, that Ian has never had a hangover in his life and yet is able to describe it in such poetic detail. We know he we know he drinks. He dabbles. You know, in current present day he's into scotch. We know that. I'm sure he had pints when he was with the band sure. growing up, you know, but but did he ever get to this point? I don't know. Or did he get Close enough to be like, oh, this is what this really feels oh, like. And yeah. then observe maybe some of the other rock stars that he was traveling with for whom this was a more common occurrence. Kind of extrapolate from there. Yeah, and kind of, yes, yes, triangulate the experience of the song from there. There, Okay, I have something that I want to point out, and then I want to ask a very interesting question. Yes. We'll see how interesting it is. <laughs> I'm slightly excited. I love... The title being Overhang, which is like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, it's very funny, it's Hangover. But then the Overhang becomes this state, oh, no, been out on the Overhang again. Oh, no, crawled out on the Overhang again. The overhang being this place that one can't resist. This precipitous cliff. This precipitous cliff. And and that's the thing that's so interesting is like, you know, if you have a, if you have any kind of an addictive personality or if you have any difficulty with limits when you imbibe, as I clearly do, as I've learned many, many times, you know, there is this kind of invisible ledge where it's like, oh, yeah, you can have one drink and be totally fine and everything's completely fine. Mm-hmm. You can have two drinks and everything can be completely fine. And then somewhere between that and eight drinks, there's this point of no return where you just lose control. Yeah, somewhere between two and eight. And you're out on the overhang. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit... It is. It is this this kind of mythical place for this character that it is a bit like falling off the wagon. You know, I've had my two drinks. I'm on the overhang. I can fall off the overhang or I can walk away from the edge. Uh Uh-huh. And because he refers to it so, not fondly, but so, so personally, so emotionally, so there's emotionally, a strong emotional connection there, yes. This is a thing. This is a thing in this character's mind that he's he's well acquainted with. Yes. Well, and that's the thing with drinkers that oftentimes the reason that people drink is to avoid the the suffering that they experience in their sober lives. Yeah, right. You drink to escape, sure. And so the overhang... It's interesting. It's a very narrow space mm-hmm. and it is, it has an appeal to it, but it's very dangerous because you can easily go too far off of it or you can fail to get back in. Right. But as we see in the last verse, watching demons and spirits glide, heading out to the nearest star, better lead me back to the bar. Oh no, might do it again. Oh no, crawled out on the overhang again.
you know, there's a couple elements there that I think are interesting. One of which is it almost sounds like a description of of the DTs, the delirium trenums. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, people people who are severely alcoholic, when they go into withdrawal, they do hallucinate. Yeah. That line in particular, I'm, I'm glad you pulled that out. I see it as watching demons is like my inner demons, what I'm fighting with, the, the urge to drink or not, and watching spirits glide, that alcohol is coming to me. It's a oh, spirit. Oh, spirits is an alcohol. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The, the barkeep is sliding that shot of whiskey over. Well, and then you get the sense of this cycle, which, you know, people who are addicted to alcohol often get into, where because you're hungover, because you spent all last night drinking, you feel like crap. Yeah. And by the end of the day, all you want, you felt bad all day, all you want is to feel good. Right. You know, it's going to make you feel good? A couple beers. Go have a couple <laughs> of drinks. Yeah. It's bad. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a true scourge on our society. Now, the thing that I want to ask you about. Yes. Do I seem to remember now two creatures about eight feet tall? I'm glad you asked me about this. Do I seem to remember now two creatures about eight feet tall? What is he referring to? I have the same question. I mean, I, I'm, I'm at first inclined to think hallucinations. Okay. I'm I can think that maybe he's so drunk as he walks out of the bar he just sees two light posts and thinks, "Oh, look at them." Wow, okay, yeah. That they're like they're moving or wavering and because he's so drunk, you know, maybe he's just he he saw something and mistook it for two creatures. Sure. Other than that, on like an allegorical thing, I'm I'm struggling to find something there. I sort of, in, I'm in the same boat with you. I had a couple of other theories. One is that Ian's not a, a particularly tall gentleman. Right. And and as you say, with the lampposts, you know, being in an altered state of consciousness can affect the way that you perceive things. Right. So is it possible that, <laughs> my, my immediate thought was he got arrested <laughs> or, he got, oh. or he got escorted somewhere and the two policemen were on, who were on either side of him were seemed like these huge hulking tall figures the other thought is were there two very tall ladies yeah that was my thought he has talked about tall ladies in the past like a tall thin girl or or i guess in the future technically for this one so he is it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility that was another thought of mine yeah it could be that these figures had some role in in the the bad part of the night in the in the post you know in the in the fall off of the of the overhang yeah in terms of you know maybe they fill in the blanks of how he got back to his hotel room or maybe they were kind of the sirens that led him on on this oh sure mis- misadventure right yeah if you're buying ladies drinks you don't want to be there with not drinking so you you keep drinking as long as you're talking up the birds Whew. yeah now, do you reckon no safety net to break my fall, the last of those those three lines, mm-hmm. does that have anything to do with the the two lines? Do I seem to remember now two creatures about eight feet tall? Or are they just kind of, is it just part of the listing of things? It's so hard to tell. It's so hard to tell. It, I think that for me, it's, it's, a, it's more related to the, the being on the edge. Right. And being and not having, you know, it could, uh, it could be that if we go to the image of the, 
of the overhang. It could be that he's, if we take a literal overhang, you know, is it two gargoyles that are on either side of him? Mm, mm-hmm. But they are, whatever their influence on his choices in life are, their role is not to provide any safety. Yeah. I mean, a part of me, I, I know this, this cannot be it. A part of me wants to say it's the angel and the devil on the, on the shoulder. Thing, yeah. But it just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Yeah, I agree. I want it to be that, but yeah. So the other element to this, if we go all the way back to the beginning, good morning, gentlemen, why the uneasy frowns? Mm-hmm. There's, there's almost a horror story component to this. You know, you could substitute alcohol and hangover for being a werewolf. <laughs> and I mean, allegorically, they did. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, it's sort of like, oh, oh, hey, everybody, what's up? Oh, why is everyone looking at me like this? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't remember everything that happened last time. Oh, no, I turned into a werewolf. Oh, my hotel, my hotel room's all messed up. My yeah. jacket's torn. My wallet's gone. It's, that's, that's it. That's it. It's the, the weakness and folly of man, the thing that, that is unleashed when inhibitions are completely gone. And I think that is what makes this such an amazing broadsword in the beast song mm. because he is literally describing the influence of the beastie sure and he he himself therefore turns into the beastie or a beastie yeah 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 totally huh i love it i think this is That's a fantastic great. song i'm so like i'm gonna put this in my hype up rotation oh sure yeah yeah right next to eminem sure between Eminem and Snoop Dogg. Mm, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Another fun Omen's ill-spent youth hangover story. Please. Okay. And I will I will send you a bill for living vicariously through me. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I do have to pay for this, yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I am paying for it, at least. That's it. <laughs> there was a period of my life where I was performing a lot of morning children's shows. Ah, uh, yes. Theater for young audiences, if you will. And I was also drinking a lot at the time. And I, and I almost, I kind of got into this, this mindset of like, you know, if you're going to do a children's show at 10 a.m., it's almost better to be a little bit hungover. <laughs> to just, to just numb the reality of it just that much. Okay. Wasn't a perfect system. And one day we were performing this incredible mashup original play that was a combination of Alice in Wonderland, The Wizard of Oz, and Peter Pan. Okay. Because the thing that all those have in common is they're in the public domain. (laughs) And they have a strong female protagonist. I was going to say strong female, yeah. (laughs) And we were performing on the set of Twelfth Night. The The design for Twelfth Night was this extraordinary design that had built into the show deck a plexiglass pool of water. Oh, cool. So that the actors could get into this pool and, you know, so a lot of 12 night happened in the pool. So for the tea party scene of the, of six impossible things, which was the play that we were doing, we would open up this thing and have like a pool party tea party for the Mad Hatter and the March Hare and all this. Was there actual water in it? There was. Oh, wow. Okay. There was actual water left over that had been drained from the previous show the night before where 12 night had, had performed <laughs> and the actors had all been soaking in it and having their feet in it and everything. So we opened it up. It's 10 a.m. I was brutally hungover. We were all on stage for the entire hour in the summer heat. 
playing the guitar, playing the mandolin, running around, changing hats, doing all these characters, feeling like absolute death, feeling like I've been pulled through a hedge backwards, as Michael Riley would say, feeling like corrugated snake shit. <laughs> and as part of the scene, we had all these plastic teacups and we would scoop up the water and pretend to drink the water. And of course we wouldn't because it was very, very unsanitary because it had been sitting there all night after the Shakespeare actors had had their feet in it. Yes, go on. But I was so desperate. This is one of the lowest moments of my life. I was in the middle of the scene, this huge audience of children. And I picked up this water in my teacup and I looked at it and I thought, God, I'm so dehydrated. I, I'm not, I can't, I can't drink this. Can I? I'm doing it. It's too late. <laughs> I drank down this horrible foot water. Foot tea. You probably restored like some really crucial nutrients and electrolytes that that you you probably saved your own life. Not to mention the internal flora and fauna of my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't ever been sick since. Exactly. <laughs> Cast iron stomach. You're good to go. <laughs> Nick, anything else to say about Overhang, the song by Jethro Tull? Not a word from me. I am happy with it. Great. Just out of curiosity. Yes. What are we listening to next week? Oh, good question. We are moving on into Rhythm in Gold. Mm. Another newbie for you, I think? A newbie Scooby. Newbie Scooby, everybody. That is still continuing to be exciting. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Until next week, Nick, if your wallet's gone and your jacket's torn, get a new jacket. Perhaps one that is branded with official Talk Tall to Me logos on it. There you go. You'll have to find your wallet first, but, you know, one thing at a time. Yeah, you probably have your your payment information saved on your phone. So as long as you have your phone, just head on over to our Tee Public page. You can find the link for that in the show notes. While you're doing that, though, I just want to assure you there will be no uneasy frowns from us if you give us a rating and a review. Five stars, please. Indeed. If you have no safety net to break your fall into the Tulliverse, why don't you make some wonderful friends on our Patreon Discord chat, available for only $5 a month. In addition to that, we will soften the fall by uh, cushioning you with two additional podcasts a month. That's right. Until next week, I am... The mind inclined to lie, Omen Thomas said. I am one of two creatures about eight feet tall, Nick McGill. (laughs) We are the demons and spirits that you watch glide, the feckless moans. And oh no, this is must have done it last night again. Talk tall to me. Hi there, welcome to Sunny's. Uh, what can I start you guys with? Oh my God. Can you just uh, just put us in the darkest booth? Yeah. And uh, I'd like a I'd like an orange I'd like a, 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 a any kind of juice, any kind of oh. juice. Just coffee. Just give me coffee. 
All of the orange juice, please. Yeah, every, every, every orange juice. Okay, uh, you can take a seat right over there. I'll be right over with your your. I'll get you some waters too. How's that sound, yeah, guys? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, please. Can you turn off the lights? Is that a, is that a possibility? I'm sorry, we can't. Not over the, the booth. I'm sorry. Jeez. Why is why is she so chipper? I don't. It's it's nine o'clock on a Sunday. Everyone should be in bed. I, why are we not in bed? Why are we? Why are we alive, dude? Last night was too much. <sighs> I feel like I'm coming down with the brown bottle flu over here. It is. I lost count of the things that not not the drinks that I had, just the the variety of things that I drank. I knew it was going to be a bad night when I saw you going around screaming, "I'm a butterfly collector! I'm a butterfly collector!" and grabbing the half-empty drinks out of other people's hands and pounding them. Oh. Yeah. I I woke up with a cigarette butt in my mouth. And you don't even smoke. I don't smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I, I, although, one thing, I don't remember that. But one thing I do remember is watching you drink an entire bottle of hot sauce. I do, yes, I... As I recall, I had it in my mind that that was some sort of an an anecdote to a poison which I had consumed. Right, all of the beer, probably. Yeah. I I think that if I ever smell whiskey again, I will simply remove my... I'll simply have my stomach removed surgically. Right. Right, and then just just hook up to a feed bag, like a drip feed. That's probably the best way to do it. I've got I've got a I've got a wobbly skull. Oh, my cranium is full of bees. It looks wobbly to me. There's a tinker, a tailor, a surgeon, and a spy all having a fight behind my eyeballs. I am the opposite of good. I am rough as a bastard right now. I feel like my feet are made of pig iron, and I'm moving through shark-infested jello. I I for sure have the Sunday morning come down right now. And I think the best way to fight this I don't know, do we get like a, just a burger with a fried egg on top? Let's get that. Let's get that. Let's get some let's get some virgin bloody marys with a bunch of vodka in them. Yes. Unvirgin them. I just have this crazy sensation. Like you know when you you know when amputees talk about they have a ghost limb? Yeah, phantom limb. I feel like I have a ghost body. Like I once had a body oh. and it's been surgically removed. But can I can I can I tell you something in, in like complete complete secrecy here? Like is it, can I be honest is it about you? is it about what you did in, in Tina's bathroom in the tub? Because I, I we all saw that. Wait. Oh no, never mind. No, we're, it's it's fine. We're moving on. What did you want to tell me? Wait, you guys saw that? Oh god damn it. No, I mean I just wanted to say I feel like I wanna drink again. Yeah. It's almost like God, I hate to say this, and you know, my therapist has been hinting at this for years, and my mother has told me this, and my you know, my my last girlfriend dumped me because of this reason, but you know, I've never believed all of them, but I'm starting to suspect that Maybe talk tall to me as a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. Oh, God. Now, now that you say it out loud. Oh, I, th- I think we need help. Hey, guys, here's your Bloody Marys. Got oh. extra spickles in them for you. Have a great rest of your morning.